Today on Locked On Red Wings, in lieu of Christmas being on Sunday, we're doing a naughty and nice list for the Detroit Red Wings. Who's been naughty, what's been naughty, and who's been nice. So stay tuned to Locked On Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today, Scotty, because Christmas is literally on Sunday, and this is our last episode beforehand, we're going to do a naughty and nice list for the Detroit Red Wings. And it's not necessarily people. It can be people, but it's also going to pertain to kind of like certain statistics certain just freak things they can't control a lot of different things about the red wings yeah um and so what do you you want to do naughty or nice first to start how do you want to break this down for segment one and segment that's a great question i feel like we should is it too much coordination to try to like 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 go back and forth are we smart enough as a as a duo do you trust us to be able to handle that i think we got it I, okay, I, think, I think that that would be the way to do it then. All right. Is that way we're not like either starting with all bad or starting with all good and like ending with the other one? You know what I mean? Like we can kind of go back and forth. Well, then let's start with something nice. Let's both say something nice so far uh, for the Detroit Red Wings. And the first thing that's been so nice for the Detroit Red Wings through 33, 34 games, whatever it is at this point, is got to be number one, Philip Peronic. He's got to be one of number one if not number two if you want to there's another player on the list yeah (laughs) i think i'll take number one but i think veronic's definitely number two for sure yeah absolutely but if you're talking about skaters uh right yeah there you go philip peronic is absolutely number one he's had a resurgence prashant Iyer just posted a graph today um of expected goals above replacement and goals above replacement on the chart and philip peronic is defensively and offensively, one of the best defensemen in the league at right now at goals above replacement, which is fantastic. Like up there with like Adam Fox yeah. levels of play right now. And it's, he's doing it so quietly because people aren't looking at the Red Wings. They're not looking at the Red Wings as being this like contender in any sort of way. And they're not looking out for a guy like Phil Peronic. And he, so far this season, he has um, stats that are, as I'm loading the page... He's a hockey player. He's a hockey player. He's fourth on the team in points. In 32 games played, he's got 25 points, seven goals, and 18 assists. He's been phenomenal for the Red Wings this season. And that just we, – we've been talking about him almost nightly at this point since this hot streak for him started, and he's just carried it over. So when it comes to who has been nice, Phil Peronix, one of the nicest of them all. Definitely, definitely been really nice. Yeah, like, you know, least we forget that – Heronic was healthy last year for yes. a couple of games. Like, do you remember that stretch when we were like, oh my goodness, this was a train wreck? Like, he has not translated over into this season and he was getting healthy. It was earlier in the season still. So, you know, you're talking about like a year ago at this point, but still, like, he was getting healthy at one point last season and now he's completely just not, I don't want to say turned around, but his style of play, he has just figured out how to make it work in this system to a T and it, it really is awesome to see. Yeah. On a team that 
their expected goals for percentage is like 25th in the league, maybe 28th in the league now at like 45%. He has an expected goals for percentage himself of 51%, which is the fourth best on the team. He's only behind Pew Sitter, Jake Wallman, and Bertuzzi, who in his nine games had a 51.05. I mean, he's up there on the list. He's already, he's on career, he's on pace to just crush his career high in points. Last year, he had a career high in points with 38. He had five goals and 33 assists. Now he's got seven goals and 18 assists for 25 and 32. So in less than half the games, he's already most of the way to his career high right. in point totals. He's two goals behind his goal, uh, goal total high and assists. I think he's going to crush that as well. He's about halfway there already. So, and then of course, biggest, biggest thing of them all is the fact that his plus minus, which isn't a stat that we say you should put too much uh, stock in, but it is very stark difference to be able to look at his plus minus Scotty and see that in every single year of his career, he was a negative, a net negative. And so far this year with the Red Wings, with a negative goal differential this year, so far, he has a plus 15. And remember that only accounts for five on five play. So that indicates that he's having an impact like the charts that Prashant Iyer posted is having right. an impact on both the offensive and defensive side of the point uh, puck to be a plus 15 to this point in the season. Yeah, and, I mean, he's been lethal on the power play as well. So, like, even, you know, on top of how good he's been five on five, it's not even really taken into account how productive he's been on special teams. So, mm-hmm. definitely uh, on the nice list. My nice is uh, Vili Husso. Very obvious, yeah. I feel like. Probably probably the most obvious one on the team, I would say. Uh, I mean, yeah, th- this is a – we've said it a million times. We don't have to go, like, super in-depth on him per se, because I feel like we do every night just because of how good he is. But uh, the, the, like, do not get it twisted. The Detroit Red Wings would not be where they are at this point in the season on Christmas Day w- at where they are in the standings and, and how many points they have and whatnot without Vili Husso. He is, uh, I'm pretty confident saying he is the most, he is the biggest reason as to why the, the Red Wings find themselves where they are in the standings. Like, he, yeah. he has, it's not... You know, nothing is single-handedly in this league, but uh, as far as just biggest reason or biggest impact, most valuable player, purely value, it, it's, I think, pretty easily at that, Billy Huso. Well, and if you look at, I mean, every single statistic that he has shines positively upon him. His goals above average right now, or goals above uh, goals against per game, whatever you want to call it, is 2.72. You want that number to be below three. Um, now that's another, that's like the goalie equivalent of the plus minus. You don't want to really right. want to put too much stock into that. Uh, but his save percentage is 912 so far in the season. His goals saved above expected are 7.69. His goals saved above average are 3.81. So like in every sense of the word, he is not just like an above average goaltender, but he is like a legitimate starter. He is a very good goaltender. And I mean, we talk about it night in and night out. And you just said, we don't have to go in super depth again about who. So, uh, but he is pretty much the sole reason why the Red Wings are winning as many games as they are. He gives them a shot to win every single game. So, yeah, definitely on the nice list. Probably number one. I would say Heronix is probably number two at this point. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I can get with that. Um, let's go naughty list now. Let's bounce back with another with a naughty list thing. We're competent. We can handle that. Um, the first thing I have on the naughty list is going to be another no dough on the five on five play. Abysmal. Yeah. It's awful. Last I checked, it was 28th in the league. I can check that right now. Again, I have the website up. I mean, the, their inability to dominate, and obviously the game last night notwithstanding, it, this kind of ironic talking about this on the heels of a really good team game, um, but for the most part, 
they get dominated at even strength almost every single game. And in the games where they do play well at even strength, they still lose because then the special teams fail them. Right. So yeah, they're 27th in the league right now with a 45.44 expected goals for percentage. If you resort that to Corsi, you know, they're 28th in the league, even worse at 45. So just whether you're talking raw shot attempts or quality shot attempts, they're near the bottom of the league at even strength. They just struggle to get out of their own end. They struggle to transition. They struggle to get into the offensive zone and uh, apply pressure. And uh, it's been very inconsistent. So when it comes to naughty list, man, even strength play is, is definitely one of them. Yeah, I, I think that what you said at the end there is probably the biggest reason that it's it's on there for me because we have seen games where it has been really effective and been really good, but it, it, it's far too inconsistent still. And, and I don't know whether that's just the players still getting acclimated to the new system that like Newsy has in place. I don't know if it's just like the personnel group is changing so much because of all the injuries we have. I mean, there are a, a plethora of reasons as to why it could be taking – a while I guess to become consistent or just why it's inconsistent period uh, but I think that that's the if it's not the biggest red flag it's certainly the most frustrating red Absolutely. flag it's just the fact that uh, it is it, the team has been wildly inconsistent at the five on five for sure absolutely completely agree um do you want to do your naughty first or do you want i to think go i'm gonna first? let's go to uh let's go to break and then we'll do my naughty on the other side of the break okay sounds good take it away so we have a message from the NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal, like Michigan. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time, change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you are not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Wonderfully done, Scotty. It's like you host your own podcast or something. It's almost like that. <laughs> um, let's continue this naughty and nice list. I gave my first naughty before the break. Tell me who's on your naughty list or what's on your naughty list. Yeah, so I think a pretty easy one for me is the defensive pairing of Cider and Sherratt. I think that that's a pretty easy naughty list. Um, I'm not ready to say I was debating my wording and I'm not quite ready to be. We're half a year into a four year deal. So I'm not ready to be like, oh, the Ben Sherratt signing like Ben Sherratt alone is on the naughty list. But the pairing, I think, certainly is at this point. And it's tough, man. It's really tough. And I guess like, to be fair to the, to, to that and, and just making it Ben Sherrod on its own, like no one's going to say that Moritz Sider is on the naughty list. So I, I think that uh, that certainly shines like a brighter light on him and that people expect, I guess, expect more. This line is just not produced. And at the end of the day, this pairing is not produced. And at the end of the day, uh, I think we are very, very close to a point where, like, 
we might have to shake it up like sooner rather than later. You know, I, I will mold mine with yours, meld mine with yours rather, because I do have Ben Sherrod alone as on my naughty list. And I know we're supposed to bounce back to nice, but just because they're related, I'll go ahead and do this. Yeah, I, I have been, you know, early in the season, we were like, okay, well, maybe we're, we were undervaluing him. And he was out there physical. He had brought a lot of energy. But then, like, as the season progressed, and the team stayed competitive for a large part of that up until the six-game losing streak. You know, they had their ups and their downs. Yeah. Real big valley. But throughout that, he was kind of a almost a non-factor. And, like, the Ben Chirot we were told we were going to see, like, showed his head where he'd take himself out of plays, take bad penalties. And, like, he does have a value. We saw it in the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, games like that where the game gets chippy, he has tremendous value to the team, but not for $4 million and not for a top pair. Um, and certainly not for the first round pick that the Panthers traded for him last year, first and fourth round pick. So, I mean, he's on my naughty list for now, just because at $4 million and on a top pair, I, I expect a little bit more defensive responsibility out of him. And yeah, Mort Sider shares some of the blame because they are a pair. So of course he's going to share some of the blame. And I think he is having a little bit of a slump year uh, thus far, not saying he's been bad, but their, their pair together has not been very good. In fact, an expected goals for percentage, they're eighth and ninth worst in the team. They're in the bottom 10 on the yeah. team for expected goals for percentage at There's 41, some analytics that, that suggests that that pairing is like legitimately been one of the worst defensive pairings in the sport up to this yeah. point. It's it's, it has not, it has not been great. Um, and with, and with the great play of defensemen underneath that pairing, like uh, you would assume that it's, we're getting close to a point where like that we're just not going to be able to roll that out there anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And that takes me back to my uh, nice list. And uh, the nice list, the next guy is going to probably be, I'm I'm debating between two guys. Because I'm curious if I say the one, if you'll say the other. If not, I'll just rapid fire them off at the end of the segment. Because segment three, where you do want to do a how do you feel about a Friday to to end end the, well, I almost said end the year. But we still have another week left. Not quite. End the Christmas season. Sure, let's go with that. Um, I'm a podcaster. We're going to get that as a graphic at the bottom. (laughs) Uh, it's going to be probably, I think, Dominic Kubelik is who I'm going to go with. And I know he's cooled off tremendously lately, but the, nothing can rival that hot start of the season. And we didn't expect any kind of production like on that level from him. And he, he'd still have more goals if he could just hit the dang net. But I know that's kind of like, that's the glass cannon that is Dominic Kubelik. You're going to get sure. him hit, hitting the net sometimes, but most of the times he's going to miss. But it's always going to be a hell of a shot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you don't, you're preaching to the choir here. Like, I, that's, that's, that's the dog. Like that's one of the. I, I love that signing. The second that it happened, we talked about it a ton over the off season, and for a while there, we were really reaping the benefits like big time. And again, like you said, he's cooled off a lot. But and uh, you know, if you expected him to maintain the <laughs> like point a game pace, that forty he was goal at pace he was the on. season, I don't know what to tell you. But um, this is a you know win or lose or whether he scores or not, whether he has any points in a game or not, you can at least count on Dominic Kubali to not be afraid to rip it. And every team needs that again, whether he's producing or not, whether he goes two weeks without scoring a goal sometimes or not. uh, It's at least nice to know that when he's on the ice, like shots on net will happen. That's that's at least for a team that has gotten outshot a lot this season. That's very reassuring to have at least one of those on the team. Absolutely. Completely agree. What about you, buddy? What's your next nice? Uh, So my next one is going to be, I I wanted to do a pairing again, but you already took half the pairing. So I'm just going to instead just do an individual player. I'm going to go Olimata. Like he's, 
he's been so phenomenal this season and he's another guy that we've talked about a lot but uh, I, I think we knew that we were going to get a good pure defenseman, but I think that he has really surprised people in his effectiveness offensively. And not that he's been some, you know, stellar, like point a game defenseman or anything crazy like that. But uh, he, I mean, he has had like offensive production. We, we just saw in Tampa, like really good positioning there, just like snuck up on everybody and found himself right in front of the net. Like he, he has had some, some decent offensive production and, you know, that, that peanut butter and jelly pairing really works out very well. But he is also proving that even when he's not next to Heronic all the time, that he can still be effective. And, yeah, I think that's just a, a turning out every day just is uh, reproving that it is a phenomenal signing over and over again. Yeah, I mean, his career high in points was his rookie season, which he matched again in 17-18 with 29. He's got 12 so far, so I don't know if he's going to crush his career high in points. But it's production that you haven't seen out of Olimata save a few seasons so far. I mean, outside of the two 29-point seasons, he's had nothing but sub-20-point seasons. And he's on pace to at least get into that 20-point range, which is a level of, like you said, level of offensive production that you didn't sign him for and didn't expect. And, you know, you wonder a little bit, obviously he scored last night, not on a pairing with Philip Peronik, but we talked so much about how Olimata was going to bring up Philip Peronik's play just because of his defensive capability. But you wonder if maybe Philip Peronik's doing the same thing with Olimata's yeah. offensive play is where it's because it, we, we gave we gave Olimata so much credit for Philip Peronik's uh, resurgence, although we did say that a lot of it is also Philip Peronik's own doing, and he's responsible for his own success. But you start to wonder that if, you know, maybe their success is just, concurrent it has no almost nothing to do with one another but just a coincidence that they're both having a great season at the same time they're playing Maybe they're together. both just really good and happen to be playing next to each yeah. other but also that again that would mesh together well and is creating the great pairing we've seen and i hope they Absolutely. can pair back up again together soon but in this the same tune walman and heronic have looked pretty good so far this season as well um man we don't have that much. i have so many more naughties too i my next naughty Man, I don't know what to go to, what to go with here. I'm gonna say injuries. I, okay. I I had player, I had a couple players I want to get through, but injuries overall have been naughty. It's a thing that they can't control, and they have been horrible to the Red Wings. And I think it's been a big part of the reason why they've seen a steep drop off in their competitiveness up until well against the Lightning, when all of a sudden they had three of their key players back and playing on a good level. Larkin scored two goals. Modest scored a goal. You three of your goals against the Lightning wouldn't have happened if those players were out. Phil Peronick, thankfully, was healthy. He didn't get a concussion on that Ryan Reeves hit. And, you know, he was important in that game last night. So Fab or Fabry's going to return soon. Vrana may have returned. Um, we didn't even mention it. The game against Ottawa got canned because of the, the storm that's coming to Michigan. And so then subsequently on Ottawa, Canada. So there's not going to be a game on Friday. But Jacob Vrana is going to be back soon, and so I uh, injuries for sure because it is it is ludicrous how many man manned games lost the Red Wings have so far this season, and how much better this team could be on like we talked last night about the seven overtime losses they had. How many of those do you think they could have actually gotten outright won, not even in overtime but in regulation if their roster was full? Yeah, hundred percent, and and we've talked about it a million times, but the the injuries are brutal just because if there's a really good player and they can't play obviously that sucks but they have a much greater impact on the depth side of things than just the individual player not being out like you are you know one person goes out you're subsequently having 
three players potentially below them that all have to play above their role and everything like that's that's and then you know whatever you're lining up against your opponent if it's a better team than you like that that is the the biggest ramification of injuries more so than you know the effect of any one individual player that's that's on the team and when you have several of those you're just lining up just really some yeah i mean we we know it better than everybody anybody so that's that's certainly a good one all right uh you this just for the sake of having the same amount who's your next naughty so like i guess you know I, like, you want to say Ned. yeah like you, I guess you, it's Ned. like I I it's tough because um A, like we we really went to bat for him last season. So it's it's tough to really like hard pivot, you know, less than halfway into the season so far, but it, it's pretty unavoidable. Like it's been a it's been a really rough start to the year for Ned. Uh I mean who would have thought that we'd be on Christmas having three goalies rostered because like Ned has uh, not not really solidified himself and he's and you know when, when you combine Ned's play with Huso's play you get a no longer even like a 1A 1B you just have an outright starting goaltender and a backup and mm-hmm. um, that's that's what we're seeing for better or for worse so yeah I think that unfortunately Ned's probably on there so far yeah it's not even a hard decision for me and yeah I, I, we went to bat for him hard but I mean facts are facts he's not been good this season he's under been underperforming right. his contract for sure and it, it stinks because I, I really like Nadelkovich and I like his passion for the game and I want him to and he could still bounce back you know you're only 34 games into the season there's still over half the season left to this point but thus far he's got an 880 save percentage he's got a goals against per game of over four and then his goal saved above expected is negative 10.21 he saved let 10 less goals than would have been expected. It's just, he's unfortunately not been very good. I think he's an easy naughty list. I'm going to, I'm going to rattle off really quick. I'm not going to go into detail. Uh, I had Dylan Larkin on the nice list as well. Uh, he's on pace for an 82 point season. Like he was last year, uh, two goals last night. Naughty list. I also had Andrew cop on my naughty list because you're paying yeah, him $5 sure. million dollars a year. And he is the worst player on your team at ex- expected goals for percentage. So yep. I think it's been enough time to start being critical of Andrew Cop at this this 100%. point in the season. We were we were easy early on just because of the fact that um he was injured, but I think it's time we can start being critical. What'd you 100%. say? Hundred percent, I agree. My uh, I want to end on a on a nice, and it's a very controversial nice. So we're just gonna do it and then go into break. Reverse retros, run it. All right, <laughs> we'll be back. I agree with that nice. Uh, we'll be back in segment three of Lockdown Red Wings with a how do you feel about it Friday to send you guys off into Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever holidays you guys celebrate. Either way, enjoy the holidays. Segment three coming up, Lockdown Red Wings. <laughs> segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Was that a You're child? Oh, it was a cat. <laughs> it was a cat. Was that what you laughed? At? You like smirked about a couple minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't yeah, hear it over myself. Ran into the room, and it's meowing up a storm here. That's great. That's good stuff. Are we getting a cat cam? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Um. So, how do you feel about it, Friday, Scotty? Uh, let's start with an easy one. We'll keep it Red Wings related. How do you feel about the Red Wings to this point in the season? Uh, how do I feel about the Red Wings at this point in the season? Going I Christmas feel, break, yeah. I feel, you know, 
it definitely on like a game to game basis there's some very very frustrating moments and obviously we just came off a very frustrating losing streak and whatnot but I think if going into the season you would have laid out all of the injuries that this team has had in the first three months of the season and said at Christmas with all of these injuries having had happened so far this year the Red Wings are still going to be fourth in the division on Christmas Day, I think I would have been like, I will take that. I think more importantly so, is that you're just like you're what two or three points outside the wild card spot. Yeah, exactly. So I I think that I I think that it's it's had its ups, it's had its downs. Uh, we we've gotten some production, really solid production out of some uh, free agents and some new additions and. Yeah, I think that uh, I will say we'll take it. I think that that's like legitimately my answer is I'll take it. Um, that there's still a lot that needs to be improved, and the second half of the season, we you know we we'll see what's in store. Like we we still have some teams below us in our own division that we're kind of like oh we're kind of waiting for those teams to fully wake up and kind of take their big strides forward too. And and I doubt that all you know four of them maybe just like stay where they are. So there's a lot of remaining factors for sure. But I I think that, um, yeah, I I think I I will gladly take it. I think is, is my answer to that. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty content overall. There's definitely, like you said, been some serious frustrations, but in the end, they're just barely outside the wild card, which is exactly kind of where I figured they'll be at the end of the season. And, you know, the Christmas marker is a very good indicator of what this team really is where they're at at Christmas is, for for a lot of teams, probably where they're going to be by the end of the season is yeah. right around that same position. So we've gotten 30 games for everyone. That's enough time to see and filter what these teams are really like. Obviously, the teams can get hot or go completely cold. We've seen that in years past. But this is probably a reality, guys. It's sitting on the outside of the playoffs looking in, but just barely. And that's a huge improvement over last year. I agree. I agree. What you got for um, me? How do you feel about the Detroit Lions? I'm drinking the Kool-Aid now, man. I told you. I said if they I'm get the 7-7, seven and seven, I will board. drink the Kool-Aid. And I am super pumped for a, a Christmas Eve game at 1 o'clock and just to have it on TV and drive my girlfriend insane because <laughs> she wanted to listen to Christmas music. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we found a compromise uh, in that. We'll be at the TV and have like music on a Bluetooth speaker. That way, I can still nice. watch the game. Uh, but the Lions during game, Rudolph the Red Nose Rainier, you're just screaming at the TV about. Let's football. go! <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Hopefully, Love it. saying let's go because uh, if the Lions win that game on Saturday and their opponents lose, they'll be in the playoffs, like not yeah. a clinched, but in the like. In, yeah, they'll in the be in the picture spot. with two weeks left. They control their own destiny at this point. Like, yeah. it's pretty much impossible for them to win out and not make it. So, well, because the Giants and the Commanders and the Seahawks, no, yeah, yeah the Seahawks all have tough schedules ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So, let's go. Let's do let's it. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Um, that's a good question, man. How do you feel about the fact that the Detroit Tigers had made next to no moves? <laughs> and on a broader scope, let me add a second part to that. How do you feel about Steve Cohen and the New York Mets just not giving a crap about any sort of luxury tax and just buying the entire league? And it's okay. Yeah, so I will say on the Tiger side of things, um, 
you know, I, I mean, like, I, I understand that a lot of people's patience is running very thin and that, right. And, and like, I think you are a hundred percent justified to have no patience left. Like it seven been, years. Yeah. It's been over half a decade and we've been terrible for all of it. I completely get it. But like Scott Harris showed up three months ago and like, he's not responsible for the last six years. And we have no idea what the Illich family is telling Harris as far as like budget goes. So while I'm just as frustrated as everybody else, I think um, I, I think that this year was kind of unfortunately always going to be a little bit more of a bridge year to next off season. Well, um, and I also think that like they're gonna make more moves. Like we we don't have a third baseman right now, and we're not just gonna roll into the season without a third yeah, baseman. But all so, like, the really good players are gone. Yeah, I mean, trades exist, but, like, yeah, I for sure. But, like, I, I – yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Like, I I'm, I'm, I understand everything you're saying. I'm just, you know, let's I, let's let the offseason finish before we come I'm to a conclusion on everything. That's all. completely serious, though. I think I might get a Mets hat just because I love Verlander and I love Scherzer, and it's like they might be – I might make them my secondary team. I love the fact that Cohen does not give a crap about what other owners are doing. Like, I think I tweeted it out yesterday. I think he's going to have a huge ripple effect on the MLB and he's going to piss a lot of owners off. He already just, has. Yeah. yeah. He, like on, like on record, he already has. Um, he's but, like, why should I care? I'm rich as hell. I'm just going to try and win a championship. And I love that. Yeah, exactly. And like, they're, it's funny because they, they made like a baseball had like a Steve Cohen tax in the collective bargaining agreement during the lockout that they added. where like, Oh, if you spend, over this much money, we're taxing this much to the dollar. If you spend this much money, we're taxing taxing this much to the dollar. And then there's a third tier now where if you spend this much money, it's like basically a hundred percent. Like we're taxing every dollar. Um, and Steve Cohen still just said, "F it, I don't care." And just like blew past his own tax threshold. And um, yeah, he's gonna be that's that team is gonna spend like a hundred million dollars more than the second highest payroll in baseball it looks like um and yeah i i think it's great for baseball and i think that uh it's still not like an unbeatable team at that which is like the beauty of baseball like there's still some holes on that team whether you want to admit it or not so um yeah i I think it's fantastic for baseball i think cohen's fantastic for baseball uh i don't care that the other owners are going to get mad at him good i like that that's that's a good thing i think that's healthy for baseball as well um and i don't think that it's like this unbeatable evil empire either that's like going to completely ruin the sport and they're going to win 150 games and automatically win the world series every year like so yeah i think it's awesome all around like a plus is all around so i have i do have one more for you but before we get to that do you have any others for me um i don't think so Okay. How do you feel about Well, like what are you doing for the weekend? What are you doing for Sunday? Having Christmas? Wow, thanks, dude. That's super <laughs> going, cool. I'm going to my parents. On Christmas oh, Day, okay, I'm going fun. to my parents. On Christmas Eve, uh Allison's parents are coming here. And so nice. got two different Christmases rocking. Um 
How do you feel about the fact that the Ottawa Senators game today, that was supposed to be today, got postponed to inclement weather, giving the Red Wings an entire week off to heal and get certain players back to 100%? I don't mind it. Marit Sider posted on Instagram uh, like a Merry Christmas thing, and he like it started. He started the caption off with uh, "Earlier break than expected, but Merry Christmas." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, "Heck yeah, buddy! Get get that get the team rested up." You know, if uh, I'm hoping that that means that um, Verona can be back at the other end of it. That's what and, I'm thinking, Larkin. Yeah, Larkin getting you know healthy and getting some time off is great. Uh, and then I think you start having the conversation. I don't think at the end of this break, but I think like right after the new year, you start having the conversation of, you know, like how far away is Robbie Fabry? Yeah, I, it's, I think this week off, I don't like it because of the fact that I want to watch Red Wings hockey, but I think having literally Wednesday to Wednesday off is going to be really great for, and I mean, Ron is not going to be practicing throughout this entire break. I'm sure. I mean, not on the ice with the team, like official practices, but I think sure. that's it's it's a really good opportunity for a lot of players to mend some wounds and get back to full strength. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, how do you feel about the fact that this hat leaves like dents in my forehead? Look at this. Uh, you know, it's awesome. It's like my favorite hat for that reason. Yeah. Not the Tigers logo on the front? No. No? Oh, okay. It's not um, for that. that. I think that does it. We kept it sports related. Oliver, how do you feel about it? So we're sports related today. Yeah, dude. I definitely didn't ask you what you're doing over the weekend. Oh yeah. Well, that's no, it's fine. You didn't. You literally said Christmas stuff, so you clearly didn't want to talk about it anyway. I mean, I'm, what, what, I'm going to Christmas <laughs> gatherings. What are you gonna do? Go to Christmas gatherings. Chill, dude. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, happy holidays. Happy Merry holidays. Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Um, yeah. So we'll be back on Tuesday because we're not because we would have to record on Christmas for there to be a Monday episode. And that ain't happening. It's not happening. We'll be back on December 27th with a new episode. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) I have no preview for you guys. I don't know what we're doing four (laughs) days from now. So stay tuned for that. Same time. Same place. It's your team every day. Every day.